Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday edition of VEASAN Final Countdown. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk with me as he is each and every Friday. Producer Steph is a real person behind the glass, I promise you. And we will talk some, uh, you know, our reactions from Thursday Night Football. We will, of course, run through every single one of the games on the slate, give you our bets, give you our takes, our leans, mm-hmm. or if there are games that we want absolutely nothing to do with. But first... John, let's kick things off here. It is the World Series. I know it is. It feels almost as if like it is taking a backseat to week eight of the NFL, which is just a little odd. It is the World Series. It used to be our nation's pastime. It used to be the biggest sport in all of the land. Not the case anymore, but let's uh, let's kind of take a look at this thing and see if there's anything we're interested in tonight. It is, you know, look, a series price where the – where the Astros are nearly a two-to-one fair. You know, minus 185, 190, depending on where you look. They have been the dominant team in baseball for several months. They were the team to beat for several months. Every analyst has talked about it. You and I talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. Do you see a way? I mean, it's 160 tonight with Verlander on the hill. The Phillies going to go with NOLA plus 150 on them. Six and a half is your total. Overall thoughts on the series, and then we can talk a little bit about the game tonight. Well, I, I think there's certainly a way to like for the Phillies, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, this actually might sound surprising against Verlander. I think the spot would be tonight, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if we look at his first postseason start, which was that Mariners game, which he got roughed up over four innings, gave up ten hits, six earned runs. Didn't look like he was going to make it through the early portion of it. Goes ends up uh, throwing in that game. I think it was like eighty pitches or so. And then coming back against the Yankees, 
he was kind of laboring through two innings. I think it took him like about 45 pitches to get through the first two innings, if I remember correctly, against New York. He settled down and actually performed brilliantly. Six innings pitched, three hits. Uh, it was a solo shot that he gave up. It was the only run, run, uh, earned run of blemish of the night. But I think like if you're banking on the Phillies to get into this series, I think it's right off the bat here against Verlander mm-hmm. that has, to be fair, has been, for him at least, kind of uneven as a starting pitcher yeah. through the early portion of the postseason. Yeah, if we if we look here tonight, this matchup, we're looking at five and a half as the strikeout prop for these guys. And if you take a look, I mean, we can kind of we can kind of see where the where the public thinks this is going to go because we are looking at Verlander now juiced all the way to minus one seventy five on the over of five and a half strikeouts. Five and a half for Nola sitting though only at minus one twenty. So uh, look, the deal with Verlander, I certainly think, and this is, I, I truly believe this, even with them them playing the Yankees or whatever, I, this might be the most potent lineup, right, that they faced in, in quite a while. I mean, this oh, yeah. Phillies team from top to bottom, the whole deal about this team was, hey, they're going to hit, they're going to lose a whole bunch of games because they can't field, and they're going to commit a bunch of errors, and that's going to be the, the downfall of this team. Well, that hasn't happened yet. They did commit a few errors over the course of the series, but it didn't end up costing them anything. Here they are in the World Series, and I'm like you. Like, I don't see anything that really leads me to believe that they're going to fall off here from a batting perspective. I mean, this the whole thing about this Phillies team was right. they're going to mash. It's just there's all these other things that are going to be the downfall of the team. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's why, like, if, I, if I'm taking a shot, so I, I, I'm not involved in this, but if I'm yeah. taking my shot, like, I think it's early. It's like today. Right? Yeah. It's either betting the Phillies uh, tonight in game one or taking a piece of plus 160 on the series price and getting a relatively decent plus price and see if they can pull this off tonight and then move on from there. Uh, and sit on that throughout the series. But I would, I, I agree with you. Like, I think when you're looking at this overall, I like this series too because it, the Astros are super balanced when it comes to their lineup. But this is potent offense versus potent pitching. Yeah. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see which wins out. But the guy who's getting the first nod here, at least out of all of the uh, Astros pitchers we're looking at, showed the biggest cracks to this small sample size of a postseason. And look, Nola was really, really good over the last few months of the season. Sure, he had yeah. the one bad inning in his last outing. I uh, Listen, we're not going to like pretend that didn't happen, but he's, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to go out there and more times than not, is going to give you a very solid start. And so you get to a Phillies bullpen that also has been pretty good of late and all that. I, I don't know. I, I get it. The Astros are certainly the best team in the, in, in yeah. major league. Baseball. I, I, I get all that. And they certainly have been the best team for the longest amount of time. I just don't know if they're nearly a two to one favorite in this. It just, I can't, it's hard for me to get there. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I kid that totally. I like this Astro team a lot. Yeah. So like I can understand um, the price being a little juiced up. I would think that they would be the more publicly supported team, given, right. that, given that they're the more recognizable brand because they've been here before and they have a long and storied history in the postseason. Um, I would agree with you. And I guess, the way that you would phrase this too is like if everything that we know from these two teams, if I were to tell you one of these two strengths would kind of flame out here in the World Series, the more likely option is that the bats go cold for Philadelphia right, right. than it would be that this pitching just completely blows up uh, in multiple levels for the Houston Astros on top of their lineup not having any production. So I, I think that's probably why. And also, I mean, look, if you're hanging for for a price from a game perspective or a series price perspective. If you're hanging like a buck 50, 60 on the Astros, you're probably taking quite a bit of action. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree. And so we look here, some of the popular stuff, of course, we know that'll be bet over the course of the over the course of the series, certainly MVP odds. Bryce Harper, your short shot at 550. Jordan Alvarez sitting at 650. Verlander, 10 to 1. Kyle Tucker, 10 to 1. Framber Valdez, 12 to 1. Bregman is sitting there at 12 to 1. 
All of those are Astros before you get to your next Philly, which right. is Kyle Schwarber at 13 to 1, Altuve and Pena 14 and 15, Reese Hoskins 18, then Nola and Wheeler both sitting there at 20 to 1. If you had if I gave you a free 100 American dollars, I said, "John, I'm just going to be a super nice guy and I'm going to hand you and I'm going to hand you 100 American dollars." Okay. Who are you betting on for MVP? I got to pick one, I can't split it up. Yeah, let's let's just okay. let's just pick one. I I mean your eyes, I think, are drawn to Altuve, right, mm-hmm. at 14-1. to 1. Right. And he was off to a terrible start to the postseason. He woke up the last two games of the ALCS against the, uh, the, against the Yankees, had a really good game in the closeout game. Uh, if he started to kind of pick up form here, and we're t- you're telling me that he's 14-1? to 1, Right. I think that's, that's what you're doing. And the other thing, he top, bats at the top of the lineup, so yep. he's going to get lots of opportunities. He's going yep. to score runs to, to do all this stuff. Like, I, I agree. Like, if I had to – because I'm not playing any of these short shots because anything can happen, right? I right. mean, like, anyone can run anyone can run hot for four games, five games, whatever. But, yeah, so give me the 14-1 to 1 on Altuve, a proven stud. You know, and I think outside of that, it's probably Bregman at 12-1. to 1. I mean, like, yes. it's like one of those two guys, that, like the longer shot dudes that both hit in the top four of the order. So they're going to get a lot of opportunity to impress. So, you, yeah, you and me both, man. I don't – and I would just never take one of the pitchers. I understand that they could oh, – could, yeah. you know, look, I understand Verlander could end up going two starts and – Give up no runs over the course of 16 innings or something. I, I get it, but I'm just not. I'm never. Well, the but no, and look, it's voters get super simplistic when it comes mm-hmm. to these things. We see it all of the time in these situations. And yes, like you said, I mean, here's the thing: what if it's a short series? Because then you're kind of behind right. the eight ball, right? What if Verlander pitches extremely well, but then all of a sudden the rest of the arms perform <laughs> very well, and you're looking at a four or five game series? So, no, I would agree with you. Like, you want to go with the splashy guys because it sounds simplistic. That's what voters are drawn to. They're drawn to home mm-hmm. runs. They're drawn to RBI. They're drawn to those sort of things. Um, not so much a pitcher who, if you're betting on Verlander, and especially at 10-1, to 1, but if you're betting on him, you're hoping for, like, seven-game series, yes. comes in short rest games, exactly. like those kind of things. Exactly. You need the narrative happen. behind yes. it for sure. Like, you, you definitely need the narrative behind it. All right, Thursday night football. Let's uh, talk about this real quick because I do think this is some betting implications moving forward for both of these teams. Ravens come away with a 27-22 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lamar Jackson throws for 238. Brady does go for 325, but it was a very empty 325 in that one touchdown. Uh, didn't throw a pick, but if you ta- if you kind of walk away from this, of course, the big news, they make it official. Everyone knew. Steph told us yesterday, Us Weekly's never wrong. And and, and, and Us Weekly comes yeah. out and we're like, hey, they're they're heading towards divorce. And of course, like next morning, divorce. Um, so we're we're looking at this and Brady obviously very frustrated. You could tell it, you know, several different times throughout the course of the game. John, I look at this team and I don't see a real easy path for them to turn things around because the offensive line's not going to get exponentially better. That's just right. not going to happen. The players are who the players are. It's not like we're waiting on injury guys to come back or anything. It's just a bad offensive line. And if they're not getting it done with the current offensive line and the weapons that he has that are healthy, I don't know what we're thinking is going to magically just turn around here for this squad. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Look, the, the thing that you're like hanging your hat on is the fact that the division stinks. Yes. And that you can somehow stumble your way into like a nine-win season, still win the NFC South, yeah. which seems very likely at this point. Make it to the postseason, you catch something, and then, of course, not like something viral, but like yes. catch something uh, like in a bottle, lightning, uh, and then go on from there. But I agree with you. And, and like it's it's now like, like three straight, actually we'll call it four straight weeks. I mean, you're talking about from the Falcons game all the way through this Ravens contest in the rate like the Ravens game you finally saw the market just a little bit right mm-hmm. like they were home underdog at one point now they were only and then they were laying one and a half 
But, like, the market just refused to adjust until yeah. this last week, and now you're starting to finally see it. I agree with you. Like, I don't know what case you're making other than Steph, our producer's theory, that once they got divorced, he would turn into <laughs> old Tom Brady. Because if that's the case, we're firing away yeah. right next yeah. week against the Los Angeles Rams now that he has put out the statement. But I would agree with you. Like, the only thing you're looking at here is, and by the way, like, we're throwing these odds up. It, to, to say still that they're odds on favorites at minus 150, given what the Falcons kind of yeah. look like. They look competent. Uh, we'll see what the Saints look like going forward. But, um is the bet the Panthers at fifteen to one in this division? I mean, like, is it, Walker looks great. I mean, what I'm saying. Like, is, it, is the bet fifteen to one? Because it's kind of like, hey, none of these teams are any good, so we might as well take the team that's fifteen to one. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna put in a bet, and what are they? What two and a half games? Two games behind? Yeah. Actually, or a game behind since they have a win over the Bucks and yeah. they can grab a win over the Falcons <laughs> this weekend. I mean, we look here. Uh, the win was not without cost, though, for the Ravens. Mark Andrews, who we were worried about as whether he was going to even be able to play in the game at all. He does play, has to leave early. Rashad Bateman, we were worried about whether he's going to play at all. He does play. He re-aggravates his injury. He has to leave. And then you have Gus Edwards that come out and looks really, really good last week. Worried about whether he was going to be able to play this week. Did get to play. Then he leaves with an injury as well. Now, all of these are supposedly not horrific injuries for this squad. But again, if they were... You know, in Mark Andrews' case, was unable to practice all week. He goes, has to leave the game. Yep. Uh, injury designations for both Gus Edwards and Bateman. They try to play. They have to leave the game. This seems like, a you know, again, a team that we keep saying injury after injury after injury pretty much kind of sculpts as to why we can't look at them as a serious contender. And here are three more very key injuries for this team. And I don't know. I mean, even at 5-3 and three, and even with this win over the Bucs, it's very still. It's still hard for me to buy in on the Ravens. Oh, I agree. It, like they're on a razor's edge when it comes to it, and their personnel availability. Oh, and by the way, the other team in their division is getting better and winning four out of five in Cincinnati. It's serious. Yeah, seriously. I'm just. Uh, I'm hard. I'm hard pressed to find how the Ravens are still favored in that division. We're going to run through the slate here in Week Eight when we come back. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Everything VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only 99 American dollars. Sign up now, get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our pro picks, daily recaps of everything made by hosts and guests here on the show. Pro tools, exclusive betting splits included in that. Pro tips are actionable insights to up your betting game. We get one of those every single hour, believe me. Uh, deep dive daily betting reports on NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. You can get all this vison.com slash subscribe for $99 through the Super Bowl. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. You know why you're getting they're subscribing really and truly for the pro tips. That's, right. that's why they're subscribing. It's so they can sort through the pro tips and see which show said which pro tip and all the different things like that. They that's keep track of it and then call people out on the carpet. Is it is exactly what we got going on here. But listen, other things. As well, like articles from this man. VEASAN.com slash JVT. Yep. Oh, and that's just very easy to find all oh, of your yeah, NBA baby. articles. It used to be right like VEASAN.com dash Jonathan dash Von Tobel oh, dash like 256. Yeah, no like, good. Come on, let's let's no cut good. this down a little bit. Yeah. Listen, we're also going to get an alternate one done, and it's going to be slash Viper. V- oh, okay. I was going to say VEASAN.com slash Warhawk of the Viper. Yeah. Yeah. Slash Viper. For sure. All right, so we got a game over in London. We got the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars. As we sit right now, the Jags are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Of course, this would not be a home favorite. This is a neutral field. Forty-and-a-half is your total. We know for sure Russell Wilson's ready to go because he proved it on the airplane, apparently. You'd fight him, right? I mean, like that. if he was doing that on the plane. Here's the thing. His teammates obviously think he's the biggest goofball ever because how does this get out so quickly? Of course. You know how. Because they're all like, look at this dork. Like they're like they're like, we have to call well, this he, dork. He also out. told the media, like he was yeah. proud of it. Like, and like everyone everyone was quick to come and say, like, oh no, that was happening. That was definitely happening on the plane because they want to be like, this look at this dork that's running our Also, like I'm not really big on like, you know, aviation and whatnot. Yeah. If you're the pilot, do you tell him to calm down? Like, you're shaking I mean, the plane while we're up in the seriously, air. Seriously, I don't like any of that stuff. If I was a teammate, I'd be like, hey, bro, like, yeah, calm it on down, man. Let's relax. Like, Seatbelt signs on. Yeah. Let's go. We're, we're, you know, we're on a thing that is not meant to happen, right? Like, we're not meant <laughs> to fly. So, like, let's maybe not, you know, do anything that might make this thing. So, I mean, I guess the real question here is, as bad as the Broncos have been, mm-hmm. are they, well, I mean, because this is a neutral field. So, are they two and a half points worse yeah. than the Jags? Considering what we've seen from the Jaguars the last few weeks, listen, we they they started off well. We were looking at this team thinking, oh, did they actually figure something out? Is this actually this coaching staff actually going to get the most out of this talent? Well, that has not happened, no. and so here we are again having a question: What do we get from a middling Jags defense that we thought was going to be good? It's mm-hmm. not. It's middle of the pack. Now it's better than being bad, but it's certainly not good where we thought they were going to be. And then this offense with Trevor Lawrence, who just at times you go. 
that's the guy that everybody said was the can't miss prospect. And right. then at other times you go, what in the hell is this guy doing? I can't, as bad as the Broncos have been, the one unit out of the four that we handicap the most, I mean, yep. yeah, we talk about special teams every now and then, but we mainly talk about each team's offense and each team's defense. The one, the one that we can count on is the Denver defense that's elite and has shown up every single week. I was going to say, and I would say they're like head and shoulders better yeah. than the other three units that we know about here, right, that you're talking about. I agree with you, and here's the thing. So the market also is telling you a little bit, right? The threes were out there. They disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's been sitting at two and a half, so there's nobody rushing out there, at least with respect to money that's moving a number, that is going to push this back up to the full three. I agree with everything you're talking about, and you mentioned the most important factor for me. This Jags defense at the beginning of the season was at the top of the, the, the heap, right, when yeah. it came to, like, EPA, DVOA, all of those other numbers. It started out really well. It has not been the case, and the Giants aren't a terrible offensive team, but they're not the best. You gave up 6.2 yards per play, 436 yards last week. Like, we're starting to see this Jacksonville team decline, and here, to, to give Russell Wilson some credit, mm-hmm. the thing that I've kind of pointed out, we've talked about before is, he at least is not committing turnover-worthy plays. They're holding onto the ball. They're just going three and out and punting all the time. And so against a, we'll call average now at this point, Mm -hmm. defense in Jacksonville, if you're not turning the ball over and maybe you get some drives going a little bit here, you have the better defense – I, I would kind of say that these two teams on a neutral should be closer to a pick than I know, it is, me right? too. I know, I'm like, I'm sitting here as bad as this team is, I just, I can't get to them being two and a half point dogs right. in this game, and yet I still can't put this in my account. So if that tells you anything, I mean, maybe it'll be a contest. I mean, do play you want to wake up our time I know, at I know. 6.30 in the morning? I'll be up, but still, and then like put that on yeah. and subject yourself to it and have to sweat out. Like, you're going to watch it, but to have money on it as well? It's just, and, and listen, so in a year in which teasers have been so incredibly horrid, this would have fit in every other year in the whole world. This would have fit the greatest teaser leg opportunity ever where oh, yeah. you are getting eight and a half points in a game in a 40 and a half total that you're not even a road. You're not even a dog, right? right. Like, they're not even site, like, yeah. literally neutral. So you're getting eight and a half points in, in a game with a 40 and a half total. And yet somehow that also is not in my account, John. Why is that? <laughs> like, why, why can't I pull the trigger on this where I'm sitting here saying, I think that these teams are even, and I think that it, it, in that case, the eight and a half in a forty and a half should should be a no brainer for me, and yet I can't put it in the account. I uh, so I have not I've not dispelled the notion of uh, using the Broncos on a teaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, I'll be honest, I haven't dispelled the the notion of actually betting on the Broncos either. Yes, uh, same. <laughs> right, I know. You know what I mean? Um, but like, it's one of those things where we can talk about all the numbers, the matchups, whatnot. But like at the end of the day, I don't blame you if you don't want to bet it, considering what we've mm-hmm. seen from this team this entire time. Yeah, I mean, you would think. There would be some sort of positive regression here. I can't say that it is definitely coming, but maybe they are. Maybe they truly are a bottom third offense in all the NFL. Mm-hmm. But can they? Are they really a bottom three offense in all the NFL? Like that is where I keep saying there has to be something. Like something has to start swinging in their direction. And of course, we might be sitting here talking about this in four weeks, and that's not the case at all. Uh, I don't know. I, if, we know that the hammy's stretched out and good to go. So I think that's Russell true. Wilson will give us something. That's true. They are certainly worth – they are certainly number one in all in all of – what is it? Knee, knee raises on airplanes or knee something. Knee raises on yeah, airplanes yeah, and quarterback yeah. who pretends to be like giving handshakes to yeah. invisible teammates. Things like that. So we've got that going on. Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. This was six. It quickly got gobbled up, got down to yeah. four four and a half now in favor of the Falcons 41 41 and a half is your total you know for me I thought I mean the six I, it, it went away so quick that I wasn't able to get on it I didn't pull the trigger um you know we sometimes have trouble getting early 
super early lines out here with things. Right. And as, as that started to pop rest of country, I'm sure everyone took notice out here in Vegas. And that wasn't ever going to be the case where we could look at a six. And I thought at six, Panthers all day long, right? I mean, like, key-ish number of six. We've seen this Falcons team just absolutely look like trash the last few weeks. And now they're heading into this game with down Casey Hayward, Jalen Hawkins, A.J. Terrell. I mean, you know, they have no secondary. And, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, sure, it's P.J. Walker, but, I mean, they've got – they got no one to cover. So if you're saying, ah, it's an XFL quarterback, well, it's going to be XFL corners out there playing for the Falcons, right? So, I mean, it's still DJ, it's, it's still more out there catching the passes. And they have Deontay Foreman, who, by the way, filled in admirably whenever, whenever we have seen him have to, you know, assume a starter's role. So I don't know, man. I, I it's, it's, it's not in my account. It'd be a Panthers or pass for me in this thing. I don't see any way I could be laying four with the Falcons. Uh, I took four and a half with Carolina. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in, I, and I like this. And look, here's the thing. You talk about an XFL quarterback. It's an XFL quarterback who had six big-time throws against the Buccaneers mm-hmm. defense last week. They didn't win that. You know, you see a lot of the times when teams score upsets like that, they get outgained, right? It's the yep. Jets-Broncos game, right? Yeah. Where, they're like, the Jets get completely outgained. It's first downs, all these things, and yet they end up winning that game. That wasn't the case against Tampa Bay for Carolina last week. And I think there's – you mentioned some of the positives on offense. There's positives on defense for Carolina, too. This is actually statistically one of the better rush defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have a good edge rusher here, too. The injuries here for the Falcons are building up, as you mentioned. The fact that this is a team that – wants to run the ball and build their lead as opposed to being able to come back from those leads. I think Carolina is oddly suited to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And, and I, I have a little bit more confidence in them, and I think the market is right in driving this down. P.J. Walker has played NFL games. He's not a terrible quarterback by any stretch. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to jump up four and a half because I figured this would maybe even get down to like three and a half. It's heading mm-hmm. in that direction, but I, obviously I like the camp, the Panthers. This week. Uh, dude, I, I'm like I said, it's, it's Panthers or nothing for me. And listen, I'm – in one of those years where teasers have been so wonky, yep. like if you wanted to play a non-traditional teaser and you wanted to tell me you wanted the Panthers at ten and a half, like that's not a wong teaser. Uh, let, let me tell you something. Right. Let me tell you something. They ain't losing this game by eleven points. Right. Like, like they ain't losing this game by eleven points. There's just there's just no way. And one of the things you worry about with these quarterbacks that we think are inferior or whatever is like. Oh, well, what are they going to do when the pressure mounts and you know, the blitzes and all stuff? Like that? Falcons don't blitz. Twenty seventh in the NFL. 32nd, which by the way, there's only 32 teams. So dead last in pressure rate. And you look, the one thing that has actually been good on the offensive side of the ball for the for the Panthers all year, they're only 12th in, in pressure rate allowed. So you have an offensive line that has actually somehow kept the pressure off of these quarterbacks and a defense that you are going up against that doesn't blitz and doesn't get pressure with the front four on, these, on the quarterbacks as it is anyway. So I just don't know where you make the case really for the Falcons. And to here. add to that point, you have a quarterback who, if pressured, can escape pressure, extend plays with his legs, things of that nature. No, I, I, I agree with you. Like, this is the one I circled immediately when it's, yeah. I'm with you. Obviously, not really access to the six and a half yeah. and six that, but that appeared immediately. But I, I thought this was playable through a couple of points, and I thought four and a half was a perfectly acceptable number to yeah. grab with if Carolina. You, listen, if someone came to me, and we, the games we just talked about, and said, you know what, Matt, I'm going to put in a – Broncos plus eight and a half, right. Panthers plus ten and a half teaser. I would say, you know what? Thanks, I'm okay man. with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay <laughs> with it. You know what? I'm okay with that. You go right ahead because let me tell you, in this year, these teasers have been all kinds of crazy, so we're not going to deal with any of that stuff. Mike Pritchard here on the other side when we come back. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
basketball season has tipped off. This guy to my right certainly knows that, and so did all the basketball promotions over at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers, place to go for the latest odds, lines, and unique promotions like our weekly same game parlays. Place three or more same game parlays each week to receive a free $10 basketball free bet during October and November. What's going to come in December? Stick around, we'll let you know. Go to betrivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new game. He is our guy, VEASAN host of Pro Football Blitz, former NFL, or you can find him on the Twitter machine at M.I. Pritchard. He is Mike Pritchard. Mike, thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be with you guys today. So, we are coming off, and of course, we hit it at the top of the show, but I do want to get your opinion here of of this Buck squad that, listen, we are, you know, we have a very nice, um, you know, eight-game sample now of this team, and I cannot, nor can John, figure out a way that this team can turn it around. I mean, like, it's not like they're playing all these games without Chris Goblin or Mike Evans and Julio Jones comes right. back last night and all this. Stuff. Like, the defense is fairly healthy. Leonard Fournette is out there. Like, it, you, you can't point to anything obvious other than the fact they have a bad offensive line, but that offensive line is not going to change. It's not like they're waiting on guys to come back from injury. The guys are who the guys are. So, Pritch, is this, is this, is this team toast? I think so. You know, I mean, you, you look at this team and they're exactly the same, guys. Uh, everybody else is better around the Bucks, right? And, and that's why you see uh, Tampa Bay having difficulty right now. It, it's, they're, they're doing exactly what they did last year with the same people. Uh, and, and if you don't evolve, if you don't get better, then this is what happens to you. The league catches up to you. So uh, it's unfortunate right now. I don't know how they fix it, to be honest with you guys. Uh, they're not going to get any younger. We know that. They're not going to be able to upgrade their personnel throughout the year. Uh, Tom Brady uh, has been solid in terms of his personal performance, but everything around him uh, is is at a lesser degree right now, and uh, I just don't know how they find their way out of this. Uh, they're going to have to play teams that are equal to them if they can uh, and try to win games that way, but certainly teams that are out there in the league that are better than Tampa, they're going to have a hard time. They're struggling right now. I just want to, for the note, I was not laughing at Pritch's answer. I was laughing at producer Steph saying thank you to the compliment paid to Tom Brady that he was playing <laughs> adequate football. Uh, all right, so, Pritch, so we, we were, Matt and I were throwing this around then, and we were actually just talking about this game. Dare we yeah. say when we're looking at the NFC South then that the shot to take right now is not Tampa Bay, it is not Atlanta, it is not New Orleans, it is Carolina, who, if they win this weekend, would be three and five with wins over the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons. Easy, JVT. Easy. <laughs> um, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, if that's a big if. You know, uh, I, I think Atlanta is in the driver's seat. To be honest with you guys, they played Tampa tough when they were on the road uh, in Tampa Bay earlier. Almost came back in that game. Uh, we all know about the rough and the passer call that kind of hampered. Uh, uh, the comeback effort right there by the Falcons. But the Falcons are going to get healthier, too. Cordero Patterson is going to come back. Uh, they're going to get healthy on the back end, too, with some guys, some key guys along the way. Uh, this is an important game, like you mentioned, though. They, they have to get the job done this weekend at home against Carolina. But I, I just don't think Carolina has all the horses, if you, if you will, to uh, to make a run at this thing. You know, I, I, I dare to say this. I mean, watch out for the Saints, I think. Uh, the, the Saints have been so disappointing this year, but they got an opportunity against the Raiders this uh, this weekend, too, at home. But I, I think Atlanta's in the driver's seat right now. Jesus, take the wheel. Carolina's there, coming. There it is. I know. Let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, Pritch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to a, to a different place in time. You are on, a, right. you're on a private jet. 
and you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's this big plane. You're sitting there with your teammates, and man, it's great. You're flying over to London. You're getting ready for a for a big game. You know, it's going to be going down and in, in another country, and every you know exp- exposing football to these people who don't get to see it very often throughout the course of the year. And you look up. And there's your quarterback, and he's doing high knees in the middle of the in, in the middle of the row, and like doing all the stuff like that. Are you like, yeah, man, that's my dude? Or are you like, what is this goober doing? You'd like, fight like, him. Yeah, like, you'd, what, you'd what's fight going him. on? That's what I yeah. Yeah. You'll like, fight him. What, fight what, him. what are you thinking here? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, quite a few years since I heard goober. I'll be honest with you there, Matt. Uh, well, this is a family that. program, you know. So I mean, I'd like <laughs> to say he's a dweeb. He's a dweeb. That's a good one too. Yeah. I knew exactly what you meant, though. Uh, and actually, I, I probably would have said something like that. I said, what the hell are you doing? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? The thing is, though, Russell's not going to change. That's Russell Wilson. That's what the Broncos wanted. And that's what they have right now. It's unfortunate that they're not winning. But Russell has not changed one iota. He's the same corny, goofy, plastic guy that he always has been. Um, but the problem, obviously, is, you know, you look at him sideways because he's not playing well. Uh, so whatever he needs to do to play well, I mean, he needs to do it. Like if he thinks that running up and down an aisle on a plane uh, <laughs> on the way to London is going to help him play well, then you know what, Russell, let me make sure that there's nobody in your way. Uh, drink carts, get out the way. We, we got to have our quarterback running up and down the aisle. So uh, I, I'm looking for a bounce back. I mean, the sentiment is so low on Russell Wilson and the Broncos. They have no other choice but to play better and be better. And it's against Jacksonville too, right? And, uh, I think there's an opportunity out there for the Broncos this weekend. All right, let's talk uh, more quarterback then. A right or wrong move for the New Orleans Saints to stick with the Red Rifle and Andy Dalton? I think it's a right move because you can't depend on Jameis Winston. You know, you like his talent, you like his leadership, but he can't stay healthy. Uh, and so if you go back to Jameis, you, you might go right back to Andy Dalton in a game or two because Jameis can't stay healthy. Uh, and then I, I think Alvin Kamara and some other players uh, made mention of this. It adds stability. Uh, and I think you've seen uh, Andy Dalton out there, along with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill might be the best quarterback on that team, by the way, right now. Uh, along with those two guys, the combination of that has added stability. And uh, for the Saints, that's all they're looking for. Uh, they, have, they have to have a chance to, to have the continuity carry through uh, the same players on the field making plays. I mean, so many injuries ha- has decimated that side of the ball. So stability – uh, for me, uh, and certainly for the Saints and what they're thinking is the name of the game right now. Pritch, you've been a young receiver in an NFL locker room, and of course there wasn't as many media channels back then as there is now to where every single thing everyone says gets posted. But you're sitting there in Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, again, multiple-time MVP, sure, first ballot Hall of Famer, all of that, is saying the things that he's saying about his teammates. And some guys should play are playing too much and shouldn't be playing, and we got to get other guys playing and all these things that are going on. Is that a... Oh, I respect this guy for who he is, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to listen to, you know, whatever. Or is this a, what's this dude like, you know, what's going on here? Like, why is he talking trash about us in the media like this? Like, how do you, how do you react to something like that? Yeah, I mean, those are young players. They don't know how to react to it, to be honest with you. And if if Aaron Rodgers, here, here's the deal, Matt and, and JVT. If Aaron Rodgers had a bunch of veterans around him or, or other Hall of Famers around him, he wouldn't have said something like that. Like, to me, that's the indicator of what's around Aaron Rodgers, to feel like he can lift himself above everybody else in that locker room, which, which he can. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, first ballot, we get that. But that, that is so far in the future, right? If he retires, it's five years away from now. We're trying to work together and win games, and you're not helping us by putting us down that way. But I'll go back to the fact that if there was somebody strong enough in that locker room 
or equal to Aaron Rodgers, he wouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. He wouldn't be saying this kind of stuff. So uh, there's your indicator uh, from Aaron Rodgers himself that they're just not talented enough. They're not good enough to compete against teams like Buffalo or the elite teams in the National Football League right now. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is telling us that. Kind of saw this coming, though. It's kind of weird, huh? <laughs> like it's, it's kind of what he wanted, Pritch. But uh, anyway, that's well, another option. All right. right. We move. What, to, to control the locker room, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Uh, all right. So this is, I think, a really fascinating situation. I think there's a lot of people who like numbers uh, who would point to the fact that the Cowboys have been using the wrong running back the whole time. It looks like they're going to be forced into that option. Tony Pollard, how much does this affect this Cowboys offense? Um, I like it. I think he's more explosive. And if you think about the second half of games uh, where teams are worn down a bit, I think his speed and his elusiveness can really help the Cowboys. They got to stick with it. I looked at his stats, guys, and I think the most carries he's had in one game throughout his career has been 14. Right. He's averaged as high as seven yards a carry. You know, he's averaged around five and a half yards a carry. But I think as he accumulates more carries, and he gets stronger in a game. Teams wears down. His speed and his elusiveness, like I mentioned, uh, could really be vital for the Cowboys. So I, I think the Cowboys are going to discover something, and, and that is the fact that they should have had Tony Pollard in there uh, a lot more uh, and sooner uh, as well. Pritch, we've got about 30 seconds here. What's your favorite bet in your account this week? Um, 49ers. I mean, I, I think Christian McCaffrey and what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, he wants to go back to what his dad ran uh, with that system get more away from Jimmy Garoppolo, help him out. Garoppolo, you do not have to make all the plays out there. Uh, We have all this talent around you. So I think Christian McCaffrey, that impact is going to help them cover that one and a half points right there uh, as they're laying that on the road against Rams. You can find him all weekend long here, Pro Football Blitz, over on the Twitter machine at M.I. Pritchard. He is Mike Pritchard. Thanks, Pritch, for joining us, buddy. Thanks a lot, guys. Good luck to you. John, I'm bringing it back, Goober. I'm bringing Goober back. I, Goober, I, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing Dweeb it back. Is, I think Dweeb's really strong. Uh, a, I mean, an insult we don't use enough of. I mean, Pritch, Pritch looked at me and he's like, oh, you're bringing it back, huh, Goober? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm bringing Goober back. So there it is. Also good. Goober, the peanut butter jelly combination that you find in the store. Very solid. Oh, is this a, this must, I must be too, I must be too old for this. This must be something I need to, oh, I need yeah, to check out. Oh, yeah, it's like out. peanut butter and jelly in the jar together. They call it Goober. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, look at this. See, things you learn whenever you talk to people that are younger than you. And I'm learning things as oh, we, uh, sure. as we move along here. But Goober, I'm bringing it back. We're going to keep running through the NFL games. Come on. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This segment of VSIN Final Countdown presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. If you're a smoker or dipper who's tried to make a change, no one would blame you for thinking all newer nicotine products have one thing in common that they don't work. They're either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Of Unlike other forms of nicotine, Zen is made with six simple ingredients and it's completely tobacco leaf free. Upper leaf pouch me, upper lip pouch means that you don't have to spit. So dippers, you can throw away those spit bottles and smokers. You might be surprised to learn that Zen offers up hours of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Plus, Zen is low profile enough to enjoy anywhere, anytime. You might be surprised how simple and satisfying Zen really is. Buy Zen online or find a store near you. Zyn.com. That is Zen.com. All right, we're going to roll on here. Bears and Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott. Doubtful, which means out. We know that. Um, he's not going to play. Micah Parsons, Malik Hooker, Sam Williams, all questionable. So, for me, just that alone with those guys, I don't know why this move from 9.5 through the 10 to the 10.5. Like, if Micah, the whole handicap for this Cowboys team, John, is their Rule defense 11. has been awesome. Yep. Like, their defense has been awesome, and it doesn't matter if the offense has been sputtering because, hey, the defense is awesome. Well, Micah Parsons, Malik Hooker, Sam Williams are three very key parts of that defense uh, that we're sitting here handicapping as being, you know, that's why you would play them in this game. So, like, for me, I have to, like, take a step back here and say I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it would be bears or pass for me. This is not in my account, full, full disclosure. But I think there is something to what we've seen from this Bears offense over the last few weeks. I'm not saying that they're good by any stretch of the imagination, but if we look... Justin Fields has weirdly kind of started to figure things out. If we look weeks four, five, six, and seven, so the last four weeks of the season, Justin Fields is actually 12th in the NFL in EPA plus CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected. If you were wondering what CPOE is, I know John and I use all these like abbreviations all the time, CPOE, completion percentage over expectation. Um, 
So that is like ahead of Lamar Jackson and, you know, some of these other quarterbacks that we would consider to be much better than him. Uh, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. He's had all those guys over the last four weeks of the season. So I don't know, man, like I'm, I'm not laying double digits with the Cowboys. No, I, I would not either. And this is not going to be a game I think I'm going to be involved in at all. Uh, but I will say this. When, when it comes to Justin Fields, you mentioned the simple handicap. If Michael Parsons is going to be available, taking on that offensive line, he's a guy that has the ability to not only take advantage of a poor offensive line, but get after Justin Fields, who's incredible with his mobility. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big weapon if the Cowboys can get him available. I would, for, I would personally – look at fields and maybe pump the brakes a little bit because it's always great about numbers is I like them a lot. You can also use a lot to paint different pictures. For example, I could tell you that he's committed seven turnover worthy plays mm-hmm. in his last three games. He committed four against the new England Patriots and he commits one at 6.3% of his pass attempts, which is an insanely high rate for a quarterback, and that's not a guy I want to back because if he's consistently putting the ball in danger like he has been the last few weeks and, frankly, throughout this entire season, then eventually those turnovers or those turnover-worthy plays are going to start to turn into more turnovers. And I think against a Cowboys team that I, at this point right now, I'm not going to say I have questions about how good they are defensively. I think they've been a benefit of facing some, some below-average offenses mm-hmm. but still have the talent there. I just wouldn't be running to back the Bears. I wouldn't be running to lay 10 with Dallas either. I will say, though, I do think Pollard is a kind of an upgrade for Dallas yeah, offensively. I do, too. And I think, I think Pollard props certainly should be something you would look at yeah. this week. I think that he is a dude that if they actually unleash him, which I hope that they will, can kind of prove that you know he should be the he should be on the end of the 60-40, not the other way around. He's or not Jerry's, in the 40-60. Uh, yeah. Jerry's going to call down and be like, you can't do yeah, that. Can't Sorry, do, I'm paying too much Zeke. money. Yep, yeah. you got to make sure that Zeke's the guy. Paid Zeke too much money. We can't allow that. Uh, yeah, so for me, it, it's, it's Bears or pass. I'm not going to go. I don't think it'll end up in my account one way or the other, but uh, I, I can't see laying double digits here, especially if we're going to be seeing maybe you know at least one of those three defensive pieces not out there for the Cowboys. Dolphins and Lions, I do have a bet on. And this is sitting three and a half right now in favor of the Dolphins. I did bet them at three against this Lions team, a 51 and a half total in this game. We do know from a Lions perspective that DeAndre Swift's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown is heading in the right direction. He's not officially cleared concussion protocol, even though Dan Campbell said he never had a concussion in the first place. So this is the new protocol that we work under now, John. He didn't even have one in the first place, and he still hasn't cleared protocol. Um But I think that's about where the positives end for the Lions here. The Lions have more offensive turnovers than points over the last two weeks. They have more turnovers in seven than the six points that they have scored over the last two weeks. Jared Goff has been very Goffian, three interceptions, three lost fumbles. All the things that we hated about Jared Goff over the last several seasons have started to creep back in and come back around. And more than anything, I think it's just a massive, massive, massive uh, mismatch here between Passive. this, yes, between this Lions pass defense and the Miami Dolphins uh, pass offense. I mean, if you look with two under center, they've actually been incredibly efficient. And yep. if you look at these receivers, Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in 10 plus yard receptions and 20 plus yard receptions. And Jalen Waddle leads the NFL in 30 yard receptions and 40 yard receptions. You have the biggest playmakers in the NFL to date on the same team going up against the Lions defense that is dead last in drop-back EPA per play and every single passing metric, they're in the bottom three. So, again, is there a re-injury concern for two? There is, and that's just something we're going to have to deal with for the rest of the season because we don't know how quick they're going to pull the trigger to get him out of there. I I get all that, but I'm willing to take that risk in what I think is a short number here on this Dolphins squad. So I I agree with all those points, and I have not done anything with this Mm -hmm. game. The Dolphins are on the short list of of plays for me, both contest-wise and 
uh, and from an actual betting perspective. And I, and I think I go back to last week, and this is why I have to take this, I think, with a little grain mm-hmm. of salt because it was his first game back uh, after a small layoff. But he, Tua Togavailoa, was not very good against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an offense that is so much more reliant on yards after catch and their guys getting out in space as opposed to what Tua is doing. That's what kind of turns me off here. Tua in that game on Sunday night, three turnover-worthy plays in those 38 dropbacks, a really high rate. Uh, his turnover-worthy play rate is actually really high this season, which is something I think worries you for a lot of people who consider him a game manager. I mean, heck, even at a Cincinnati game and only 15 dropbacks, he'd already committed two turnover-worthy plays in that game before he was uh, knocked out with injury. So I, I agree with every point that you're making. I just sometimes when I watch Tua, I just want a little bit more, and yeah. I wanted more on that Steelers game, and I feel like I would kick myself if I sat there, bet him, and you didn't get what you were looking for. But I do think that the Dolphins offensively should be able to scheme up enough here that they are um, they are in store for a really good offense. Yeah, tonight. I think what we're looking at here is if there was a defense to expose any of those flaws in Tua so far, this would not be. It. That, yeah, yeah, that's, like, a, that's a really fair point. Like yeah. I think that if, you know, listen, if this was almost any other defense in the league, certainly some stuff I saw last week would have given me pause. Um, and I actually think that we're getting the number that we're getting because of that kind of sputtering offense last week and a couple of the things that we saw from Tua. My fair, and I thought this was going to be closer to six, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. I, I really do like the three, even the three and a half. If you had to get in your account at three and a half, I don't, I don't hate that at all either. So. Uh, certainly something that I, I'm I'm really, really high on this week. It'll certainly be a contest play for me and I'll also already in the account. Another one that you and I actually agree on here is the Cardinals and the Vikings. As we sit right now, the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cardinals. 49 is your total. It's you and I versus the world here, John, because everybody and their mother is on the Cardinals this week. And I'm coming off of a game in which – I watched the Cardinals look great versus a shell of a Saints team Ooh, that I think had going somewhere else with that. Sh- yeah, you know that had a that had a backup. Literally, the whole secondary was a backup. They did not mm-hmm. have Michael Thomas out there. They did not have Jarvis Landry, who they won't have this week as well. Marshawn Lattimore still out again for for the Saints this week with all that. If you're lo- if you're looking to play that game, but we're sitting here looking at a DeAndre Hopkins twelve target game in which it cost actually Rondell Moore his spot almost in the offense or whatever. So it's like, you're not, you're gaining DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. And he's going to be a target hog and all that, but like it didn't open up opportunities for other guys, which would, which is what you would think would make this offense perform better. Right. It actually took snaps away from Rondell Moore because they moved DeAndre Hopkins to the slot and, 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 took, and he's on the sideline, you know? So it did, all it did was, yes, he's going to get all the targets and that's fine and dandy, but is that going to be enough to win, to win football games? And I don't think that's going to be enough to win football games. I uh, know. I agree with all those points. And here's the other one uh, in a game in which the, uh, like the other team had uh, essentially you and I at wide receiver, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton was great. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he threw three interceptions. It was some really bad luck on some yeah. of those throws. He only actually committed one turnover where they played despite throwing yeah. three interceptions. He also threw four touchdowns, uh, what, over 350 yards. This Cardinals secondary still is not very good. No. And, and this Vikings offense, I believe, should be able to, with Justin Jefferson and an off week, really operate at a high level against Arizona, much like a really beleaguered Saints offense did on that Thursday night. And I agree with you with everything about the offense, too. I think when you're looking at this, the fact that the market moved the way that it did, I think it's a slight overreaction because we talked about the early yes. numbers. It was, what, as high as six? Yes. Like, I, I'll lay three and a half with the Vikings yes. here. All, all day long. I I'm, I'm agree. I think this is like people saw an island game where right. everyone's watching. And cool and, yes, and whatever, and, and they looked much better. And, yes, are they a better offense with DeAndre Hopkins out there? They are. But – you're better from being a tw- the 28th ranked offense. I mean, like it's, it's one of the worst offenses 
in all of the league. So I don't think that we are, I don't think we're overreacting here. I like the Vikings a ton in this spot, and everyone loves the Cardinals. So it's either going to be me and you coming in here on Monday. We're talking the Viper versus the world, baby. Because it's going to be a. It's going to be nuts. We're going to talk Raiders, Saints, Patriots, Jets, and Steelers, Eagles when we come back. Stick around for hour number two. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 